It's amazing when you got Jesus, amen. It's amazing what He does in your life when you have Jesus in your life this morning. That's, that's what I want to preach on this morning. Jesus supersized my faith, amen. And just before I get started, I want to invite you tonight. I, I have been, I've been so busy, I had not even told the church. I, I preached last night in Revival, up on 298, up around Buck Dixieville. And tonight, if anyone wants to come out, 5 o'clock at the Open Door Church. Uh, in Hot Springs in the Southwest Plaza. She's got it up there, so that starts at 6 o'clock. If you want to come out tonight, I'm preaching at a homecoming. That's Open Door Church. I have a homecoming. They want me to come speak. And so uh, we're just going to go worship Jesus now. Really, and uh, so we're going to invite you to that. Let's all stand as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Amen. It's good to be in His presence. Thank you, praise team, for leading us into the throne room of God. That's what it's about. Amen. Preparing our hearts for your word this morning. I want to just start, I want to read real quick this story and then I'll go into prayer. First uh, Samuel chapter 30 talking about Jesus supersized my faith. And, and what I'm talking about, sometimes our praise has to go to another level. It's easy to praise when we're on top of the mountain and things are going good. So we're going to read about where David's at here. Sometimes circumstances will take your praise to another level. Sometimes circumstances will cause you to praise God in a real way. You'll pray real. You'll praise Him real. You, you'll go to church in a real way when you're going through circumstances. And, and I want to look what David did right here in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and uh, the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small grain. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So now David and his men, they come to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. How many of those ever cried like that before? You just cried till you couldn't cry no more. This is the shape and the pressing that they were in right here when they came to the city. And it says, And now David was greatly distressed, and he was depressed. For the people spoke of stoning him, because of the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, and his son, Please bring me to Ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the Ephod to David. And David inquired the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, and you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just love you this morning. I pray that we get direction today in our lives. There's some things we need to be pursuing. There's some things in our lives that have been stolen. There's some things we've let slip by. And Lord, we need to we need to go in no matter what our circumstances, no matter what our situation is today, Lord, we need to take our praise to another level. Lord, we praise you in the circumstance and we're hurt, we're depressed, and where things have been taken from us, Lord, and our praise is so real. But Lord, it takes faith to be able to have that kind of praise. Lord, I pray you supersize our faith here to of here. Our faith and our praise is Lord, we love you. Have your way in this service, Holy Spirit. Don't let these words be of me, let them be a demonstration of your spirit. 
your power, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Life doesn't always go your way, amen. How many of y'all have ever experienced that? Life doesn't always go your way. Sometimes, sometimes life sinks. And it's very good to come in on Sundays. And, and I think that's where we're at in, in, in church today. Is we've got a lot of Christians who've been raised to praise God when things are going good, but when things are bad, they don't show up. Amen. Sometimes I think I might see it in here even. When things are going good, man, the house is full. Man, we're doing good. We're praising. We're doing good. But what about when things are when life stinks? What about when you're depressed? How many ever get depressed? Kind of like a story I heard this week about a, a guy that was going up to his uh, his new date. He was going on a blind date to meet this lady. He knocks on the door. She had this little bitty tiny dog. He was just jumping up and down, jumping up and down. And he said, he said, oh, that's 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 Pipsy. Pipsy's my little dog. He's, Pipsy is such a cute little dog. Pipsy knows so many tricks. Pipsy, Pipsy can jump. He can roll over. Pipsy can turn backflips. Pipsy can bark. He can walk on his hind legs. And he goes, oh, really? You know? And so she says, well, I'm going to go in and finish getting dressed. And you just play the Pixie out here and, and have a good time with him. And then we'll go on our date. He said, all right, go ahead. And so he got out there with the dog. There was a human dog in the room. And he went through the sliding glass door and went out on the balcony. He's standing on the balcony and looking over the view of the city and how far it is down there. He looked down there, Pixie on his hind legs just walking around. So he started doing this and doing that. And, 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 and make his new tricks. And, and before she went there, she said, he'll jump through hoops for you. Whatever you're doing. And about the time, he's on the balcony there. And he said, he went up here. Then she jumped through. And over the balcony, she went to her dad. About that time, his date comes out and says, isn't Tipsy just the happiest dog you've ever seen? He just seems a joyful dog. He's a playful dog. He goes, I don't know. Tipsy looks pretty depressed to me. Amen. And so that's why you get that on the way home. Sometimes life feels like that. We get depressed. David was in this condition. Listen, David was a man for God's own heart. David was a man that loved to praise God. He wrote so many. He wrote so many praises. There's Psalm. The Book of Psalms is full of praises. But, but listen, David didn't just praise God when things were good. He knew to worship and praise God when 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 he was at his when he was all the way down. When he was at his most depressed state, he said, you know that there's over 17 million Americans uh, today that are depressed? I'm not talking about you just have a bad day. I'm talking about this is everyday depression. America spends over $40 million annually just to help people with depression. Life can be depressing, but listen, also Jesus comes not just to give me life, but give me life more abundantly. He doesn't want me to walk around and be depressed all the time. Even in the bad times, Jesus never forsakes me. He never leaves me. So even when I'm down and I may be flat on my back, Randy, I can still praise And that's what I'm talking about. God's got to get us to a new level in our praise. A praise that we experience God and really that we, we, we respect God. Even when we're laying on our back, when we don't have no money, when, when we've lost a loved one, when we or through death or through a divorce or whatever it may be, we still got to know that God wants us to praise Him continually. How many of y'all got ready to come into church service this morning, ready to praise Him? I, I'm really pushing this. Uh, some of y'all might be getting tired of hearing this, but I'm going to keep preaching it. Because listen, man, we're God's people. We ought to be ready to come in and 
and worship and praise Jesus Christ. I'm, I, listen, I, I told that church last night in revival. I'm past all the people that don't want to praise. Uh, so be it. But as for me and my house, I want to start praising Jesus Christ. Amen. And praise is not a denomination. Praise is not about how you were brought up. Praise is where you're at with your relationship with Jesus Christ. The reason a lot of people can't praise is they're far away from God. I do know if you can't if you can't praise Him privately, you won't praise Him publicly. If you don't have a private worship time with God where you can just thank God and praise God and, and just continually praise Him, you will not do it in the church box. And this is why a lot of churches don't praise Him and don't show the expression of praise. They don't do it during the week. Amen. Listen, I, I got news for you. When we get to heaven, that's, that's going to be your full-time job. Amen. It's to praise Jesus Christ. That's what you're doing. Listen, if you're bored, I know something. Man, we play five songs and it goes on 30 minutes long. And it's a, listen, you're going to be doing it for eternity, my friend. Get used to it. You're going to be praising God. We do five songs or four songs for our preaching. Some of you I can't stand that long. Now listen, I understand if you're older and you need to sit down and you need to sit. Amen? What I'm talking about is let's not get spiritual lazy and just sit down and say, well, I'm just going to go for it. Man. I get so tired of them all the time. You're going to hate heaven. Amen? You're going to have a hard time in heaven... Because that's all we're going to do is praise Jesus. Amen? So listen, Pleasant Hill, we need to start practicing down here. Amen? In the good times, and if you want to make a difference in your walk with Jesus when you've had a bad week, and it feels like every and listen, I've had them. I had, this week, I told that church last night, when I got up here to preach the first time, when I got up here the first time to introduce the, the, our singers, and I, and I thank all the ones that came here and got sick on us, and man, they pulled it together and, and still played some songs up there and led them into worship. But when I went up for the first time that pulpit, and I was just honest with them, they looked at me like a cat on a new gate. I walked up there and said, guys, listen, I'll be honest with you, I'm not ready to preach just yet. I'm not here right now. And I said, the truth is known. A lot of y'all's not here right now either. I can tell. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you can hear a pin drop in there. There wasn't no praise. I mean, it was like cricket for the praise team. Amen. I was shocked. And I said, listen, y'all feel this way? There's times I get behind, but I'm not ready to preach right now. I hope in the next 15, 20 minutes God changes that. And I get my praise on, and I'll be ready to preach. But I can't just get up out of a seat and walk up there to one song and start preaching and let the anointing God fill up the place, and it's all good. Hey, we got to create a place for God to dwell. Amen? And so David here in, in Big Day, let's go to that verse, Michelle, in, in verse 1. David is, David's been chased by Saul. Man, he... David's had a hard time. He's been anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel, but Saul is jealous after him. And, and so he's got a band of about 300 men, and they are actually fighting for the Philistines because he's scared and he's trying to run from Saul. He's not scared of him. He just want to kill him. He respects Saul. And so as they were going, the Philistines were getting ready to go to battle. David and his men come back to their hometown where they were at. They didn't go to this battle. They wanted to go home. It's kind of like been on the road three or four weeks. They've been fighting. Let's go see the wife and the kids. And so they get home. And as soon as they come in, they look in there. Their city has been burned. 
the Amalekites had come in and, and stolen everything and burned it to the ground, just the wives and the kids, all the animals, livestock, and they had left. And David come over and it says that when they looked around and seen what had happened, that they cried so much that they couldn't cry no more. It says that they wept until they had no more power to weep. Can you imagine David and men? I said, when you when you get to that point, when you cry, you can't cry no more. You're going. Amen. You ever been there? I could just imagine all these grown men coming in that sea. They were depressed. They were hurt. They, they, listen, they were devastated. Their children and their wives and, and everything they owned was stolen right out from So instead of them all turning to God and saying, David, let's pray about this. Let's call upon God. Look what they decided to do. This is like a church. Now, David was greatly distressed, and the people focused on him. That's Rocky. It's your fault, David. We've been out fighting. We've been doing what we're supposed to be doing, following you, and you've let us out. We come back in, and look what happens. Everybody is gone. Because they spoke to stone him because the soul of all people were grieved, and every man and his sons and daughters. But David's strength, I love this part. David could have run off. David could have said, I'm taking my heart, and I'm going somewhere else. Y'all just you go look for him. I'm gone. I'm depressed. I'm down and out. You're talking about me behind my back. David could have got bitter. How many of y'all ever get bitter? How many of y'all have ever let something happen to you from years past and you're still bitter today? Bitterness, man, creates and gets roots. And, and, and listen, these guys were not only grieved, they were only one time, they were bitter. Listen, that's a hard thing to overcome in your life. Listen, it's hard to be a joyful Christian when bitterness is in your heart. Amen. Come on, sir. Don't shout me down now. I'm starting to get rolling. Bitterness. I still remember what they did to me 20 years ago, Brother George. I tell you what, I'm bitter at them. See, like this guy went to the doctor and he got bit by a raccoon. Went to the doctor and the doctor said, you got rabies and man, it's bad, bad time. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, it's, you need to make out a will because you may not live. They, he went right in the other room, come back into the doctor was that, and started writing on this wheel. I mean, started writing and writing, and the doctor just standing there, standing there, standing there, and said, man, how long is it going to take you to write this wheel? He said, oh, this ain't my wheel. He said, I'm just writing down the people's names. I'll just go by. Amen. That's bitterness. I know some of y'all felt that way. Some of y'all felt like biting some people before. Amen. But that's what these guys were feeling like to David. They, they, listen, they, they were wanting to stone him, and David said, forget it. Listen, here, listen, guys, we got to get our praise on here. It's not over till God says it's over. It may look bad in our eyes. Our town may be burned down. We may have our things stolen, our family, our kids. But listen, God's still on his throne, and we've got to learn to praise him in the bad. He said, listen, it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. Here's what David did. David took his feelings at that time, because this is why people don't worship God the way they should, is we let our feelings override our worship. If our feelings don't feel good, we don't come to church. Where yet? I don't feel like it. Won't you read your Bible? And this is you talking to yourself because the Holy Spirit says, won't you open up your Bible now? I don't feel like it. Won't you go to men's meetings? I don't feel like it. Amen. We let our feelings dictate us. 
and drag us away from the presence of God. David turned right around and said, listen, I'm going to strengthen myself in the name of Jesus Christ. He took his feelings and this is what you got to do to be an overcomer and to take your praise to another level. You're going to... That's why some folks aren't in this building today. They let the feelings override them and they stay at home. Amen. Now, now, listen, not everybody's gone because that. There's some people sick and this and that. But I'll tell you, it's happened to me and it's happened to you. You have let your feelings override you. The Spirit of God may be coming in and, and, and trying to strengthen you and get your praise on and, and get you to work with Him, but our feelings become stronger than His Spirit. This is why a lot of people do really good on starting out walking with God. They get on fire for Jesus, and God really starts using them, and it's just just about to a point. They're really about to break over and God do a great thing in their heart, and the devil will use their feelings to tell them to go back to where they were. I've seen people come in this church, and God starts using them. I've I've seen people here lately. I see this all the time. People come into church, they have maybe not been in church in years, they'll come to church, and God will start using them, they'll come this Sunday, they'll come out and check my hands and say, that was a word, that sermon had my name. Then they'll leave, they'll come back the next Sunday, they're fired up, and the word is getting in them, and it's starting to change their attitudes, and, and, and they're really starting to grow. And then the third Sunday and the fourth Sunday, but then when they get to that point where the Holy Spirit causes them by faith, they've got to take a step of faith and make a choice. It's easier to follow that the feeling says, I'm not going back in there. The Holy Spirit says, I want you to take a step of faith and, and, and really be committed to it. And, this is, and, and saved people do this. I'm not talking about just lost. I'm talking about children of God. They're saved and going to heaven, but God's willing to take a step of faith, Randy, and, and maybe to step up in his church, be the leader of your family. Uh, he's just got more, but they're scared. And so their feelings, they have feelings that drag them away from the presence of God. There's people right now that were here five, six weeks ago that aren't here today because the Holy Spirit was convicting them to take a step of faith, and the feelings draw them back. Their feelings draw them away from the presence of God. That's what happens a lot of times when bad things happen in our lives and the people. Our feelings drag us away from God. You don't know what they say. They're not going to talk to me like that. And boy, you, get, you let your feelings just drag you on that. Amen? How many of y'all let your feelings drag around all day on the job? Drag you around here and drag you over here, and it's Monday. Your feelings are still dragging you. They're dragging over here on Tuesday. It's hard to really worship God and know what praise is when your feelings are controlling. But the Holy Spirit's got to come in, and David said, "I got to strengthen myself in the Lord." He drugged them feelings. He said, "No, I don't want to go to church. I got to go." Even though I don't want to hear Brother George scream and holler, and holler we really got a lot of laundry to do. I'm behind on this. I need to clean the house. I got two jobs. I got to do this tomorrow. I got to go here. Oh, graduation is here. We got to get this together. We got to go here. Oh, I'll just stay home. I got about five honest bags. Feelings cause us to make excuses. 
of why we can't do something for God. And it'll happen right here in the middle of a service when a good spirit-filled service and the spirit's moving. God will, the Holy Spirit will come and I'll burn a word in your spirit. And the first thing you get is fear. I can't do it. Feelings, feelings just wrap you all up and drag you away from the presence of God. And then about two weeks later, Brother Jordan comes to you and says, Hey, what about the conviction you your heart about? Oh, yeah, I know. I, I guess it just kind of went away. It was a feeling. No, oh, it was a feeling that took you out of the presence of God. Amen? People say, Well, we shouldn't worship on feelings. No, the, the Spirit is an emotion. People don't realize that today. I, 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 well, that Pleasant Hill Church, they're just full of emotions down there. Amen? We are. Thank God, we're not a bunch of frozen popsicles like you, amen? Frozen chosen. I'd rather be emotional for Jesus than dead. Amen? Dead for Jesus. Listen, we, we don't need to try to explain away our emotions and why we're fired up at Pleasant Hill. People ask you, you tell them, yeah, we're on fire for Jesus down there. You know why we're on fire? It's because there's times I don't want to go to church. There's times I don't want to read my Bible. There's times I don't, I don't want to step up. But i got to drag my feelings to the throne room, to the grace room of Jesus. And i got to get on my knees and say, Jesus, take care of my feelings. Where do you want? I need direction right now. Do I pursue, overtake it, and recover all? I need direction. Do I pursue it? And then when you do that, the Holy Spirit in verse 8, David inquired of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will put a word in your spirit that is a word for you. Now, when I preach, I, when I preach, I preach to everybody in here. Right now, I'm preaching a sermon to everybody. I know it may not sound like it, may not look like it, and it don't, but I spend a lot of time sometimes, not every week, because some come easier, but every, at least every week, four to six hours preparing to preach on Sunday. Every week. Sometimes it's... Sometimes I'm a little more hard-headed and I let my feelings overtake me, amen? And so then I have to wrestle with God like Jacob. But every week it takes me four to six hours just to present a sermon to everybody. And I realize that by Wednesday, some people's not going to remember what I preach. But there is a few. And God said His Word will never return void. There is times I'll preach... And people will walk out, and I can always tell when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of somebody's heart through the word that I preach. Because a lot of people are generic. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, preaching. Enjoy it, preaching. Let's go, kids! Load up the car! But, when the Holy Spirit, when I know people take their feelings and set to the side, and they start to... God starts to supersize their faith, and it's not just feelings, but He starts to make their faith and not feelings. They'll come out and say, "What does God that mean? You want to know what Man, because what you preached had my name on it, brother. I love you. For me, I'll be back. Amen. Whoa, that be good. I see it all the time. Now, listen. I don't want much of y'all coming up to me and saying, "Man, that good, brother George." Amen. I want you to be honest, okay? Be severe led. But I'm just saying there's times when I preach God's Word to everybody, but when we get up and leave here, there was a Word with your name on it. That sermon has your name on it. 
And you know without a doubt, when you get up, you say, man, God was speaking to me today. He might have been, Brother George might have been preaching to everybody, but God was speaking to me. And that's what we got to realize, like David. David was going into the presence of God, not just to learn about God. He was going to get a word from God. I'm in a situation, God, I need to get my praise on here. I, I need to be supersized my faith. I don't need to just know a good Bible story, vacation Bible book story about you. I need to know a word burning in my spirit. What do I need to do? What direction do I need to take? Do I need to go and pursue this? Or do I need to step back and just be still for a while? Do I need to go recover everything they stole from me and bring it back? What do I need to do? David inquired, listen, David needed a word of God for his circumstances, and it started by worshiping him. It says that he took the ephod. Listen, the ephod was a blessed place that the high priest wore. It had 12 stones on it that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of the pockets on this was a little pocket with the Urim and the Thummim in there. Some don't know exactly how it works, but they would get God's will through the Urim and the Thummim. Some say it was a black stone, some say it was a white stone, and, and they would like cast lots and, and see what God's will was, because, listen, God's Holy Spirit didn't indwell them all the time in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit would come upon David and Samson and empower them and then leave. But after Jesus came on the cross, that's the day of Pentecost, listen, the Holy Spirit indwelled every believer from there out. Amen? And dwelt them. And so David said, I need to know the will. I, I first thing, that's just amazing. that just blows my mind about David. If all of his bad circumstances said, I've got to go into the presence of God here and figure out what I need to do. He didn't get on Facebook and ask his buddies. Amen? I wish David would have had Facebook. He didn't tweet nobody. He didn't text nobody. He said, man, these guys freaking stoned me. I need to know what to do, God. When you get in that situation, your prayer, listen, you quit doing all the religious talk. You forget all the religious lingo, and you don't mind getting on your knees. You don't mind embarrassing yourself in the presence of God. Amen? God's got to get you to that place, though, where He can use you. A lot of us are way too big. The reason God don't use us, we're way too practical. Oh, I ain't going up there to get on my knees. I'm not going, I'm not raising my hand here to worship Sergeant Shoot. What do you think I am? I'm, I mean, people know my, there's no way, there's no way I'm getting on my knees to worship God, brother Lord. There's no way I'm getting on there. I, I'll just say my little now, lay me down to sleep, praise the Lord, my soul to keep. You can't do that if you want to know a real God. You've got to get rid of all of your religious lingo, all the religious stuff that you know to say, and say, Jesus, I don't know. But you've got to be like that song that Carrie sang. I need Jesus. I don't know where to go, what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to say to my wife, my kids. I don't know what I'm going to preach this Sunday. I have no one. Lord, I need a word. I need direction to you. And sometimes that takes you to be broken. You gotta be willing to get on your knees. Man, half time I preach on my knees more than I do walk around, amen. There's a lot of preachers, listen, there's a lot of preachers wouldn't get down and preach on your knees. Well, I'm way too sad to that. I've got a doctor here to pick all of them. I just want to be able to do that. 
Paul word, the Greek word you need to learn real quick. Amen. You throw all that junk out, get that out of your feelings, and get back to free of your heart and your life to Jesus, and you'll he'll become real. Drag them feelings into the presence of God. This week, when things are happening, drag them feelings into the presence of God. Say, feelings, I'm not going to let you run me off. I got a word this week, and it was good. I'm excited to be in present Hill. I'm excited for what God had for me. Feelings, come on. You're not going to overtake my life no more. And David got a word in his spirit. Man, listen, here's the deal. When God gives you a word in your spirit and burns that sermon, has got your name on it. Listen, for that to become real in your life, now listen, guys, when he gets a sermon with your name on it and a word in your spirit, do not walk out of here today and not open your Bible up for the rest of the week until next Sunday. Because that word that he put in your spirit will do you no good. The devil will steal God, here's the key for us growing in Christ and, and taking our praise to another level and, uh, and, our, and our walk and our church to another level of the body. When God puts a word in our spirit, God's saying, it's kind of like Paul Harvey. Now you need to know the rest of the story. I put that word in your spirit now before you, before you can know the rest of the story, you've got to step out and, and just do what I'm calling you to do. It don't mean he's calling you to preach. It may be God just put a word in your spirit. I need to be in my, I need to be in God's word at least every one, one time, every two times in the day and night. I need to be in his word. For God, listen, this is why a lot of people, this is why a lot of people think God gives up on them because they let their feelings come in and overtake them. Listen, if God's burning that word in your spirit and it's just reading God's word once a day, Step out on faith and say, Boy, come hell or high water tonight, I'm going to read my Bible. Kids, you're going to bed at 5 30. Listen, here's what David did. When he got in a bad spot, he cleared the junk out of his spot and made him a spot so he could worship Jesus and get a word for it. Listen, guys, there's sometimes you're going to clear some spots out in your life. To be able to worship a real God, you got to get rid of the junk. Listen, you got to get rid of all that junk. People talking, saying, and bitterness, and, and and they don't like what you do, and then this and here and over here. Listen, people are never going to like what you do. You can be the most up to person, do everything right, and somebody will not like. And then when you really do stumble and fall, I knew that was in them. I knew that wasn't really like they thought they was. Amen. They go up there to that church and everything and talk about, look at them now what they did. And it's usually, it's usually the church that does it first. Sometimes I get along with the lost sinners in the world that don't know Jesus better than I do Christians. Because usually when somebody falls, dug on the ground, it's a church member over there instead of saying, Hey, brother, come on. Get up! Church members just about get to his feet. They done push him back down. Amen? This is why only God can do for you what people and nothing else can do. He strengthens you and encourages you. If you're waiting on people to encourage and strengthen you, my friend, you're going to fall and fall and fall and follow feelings and fall and follow feelings. Listen, you've got to strengthen yourself in Jesus. 
He's got to strengthen you. Clear out of spot this morning. Clear out of spot and worship. Because if your spot looks like mine, it's a little congested. I went in Hunter's room the other day, and his mama said, he needs to paint his room. I said, okay, okay. I walked in there and looked at it and said, good Lord. There's an animal that build a nest in here. There was coking glasses from a week ago. Mountain Dew doesn't got a scum on top, amen? It was that new royal caviar wine of Mountain Dew of royal, amen? I mean, it doesn't... It doesn't hurt me. There's a bag of chips laying here. This, y'all got boys, you know what I'm talking about, amen? But I'll take a house full of boys, amen? <laughs> and so his mama told him to get his... And you know what Hunter does? He goes in there and gets, he'll, he'll pour out some old stuff and he'll just wake it all to the side, put it under his bed and stuff. I can leave his bed up there. All last week's lunch, the clothes, the socks. Amen. But sometimes you got to go in there, no matter how junky your room is, you need to quit, no matter what's happening in your circumstance, you may feel being depressed and down and out, and you got to, you said, Brother Gordon, my situation's bad right now. You've got to clear out a spot. Don't clear out a spot for the whole church to come over. Don't clear a spot out for all your friends. You clear a spot out for you and the Holy Spirit to get right there and inquire of Him and say, Jesus, burn a word in my spirit. Amen. Clean a spot out. Just clean that spot out. Michelle, go to Psalms 34. I want to close this week. I got you to say, I love this. Now, she didn't, let me go back because I, I only took one verse. I should have given her all eight of them. But I did. Get your word. Go to Psalm 34 real quick. If she's not going to have one, I'm going to read all of it. Unless she's pretty fast about packing it in, amen. I'm stalling, giving her time, amen. Look what David said in Psalm 34 1. A psalm of David, when he pretended madness before Abilabeth, who drove him away, and he departed, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Is praises of God continually on your mouth every day? Oh, you got them? All right, let's put in about eight. Thy soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from my fears and His fears. Amen. They looked to Him who were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all this trouble. The angel of the Lord camps all around those who fear him and deliver him. Here it is. Here's the key. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Here's the second part of that. That's right. Listen, I, I can sit up here all day and preach how good God is. I can say, put off spots. I, I, I can say, don't drag your feelings into the throne room of God. Let Him have them. But you've got to taste and see that it's good. Here's what I mean. I got this from Miss Woods. Brought me some real nice. These are cute little things. These little old men. Look at this little guy. Don't they? 
I want you to know there's, there was 369 and there's only 8 in there right now. 12. Devil, get out of this building. Amen. I rebuke you in the name of this muffin. But I got these from Lisa. These, these are, uh, what are these, strawberries? What, what French vanilla or strawberry? What, what kind of ice? It tastes like See, I've already had, listen, this has got butter, cream, icing. This one's a strawberry. And so I can walk around and show you this little bitty bad boy. And I can let you smell it. I mean, I can tease you with it. But you don't know really what it's like until you taste and see that it's good, amen? I mean, I, I can walk around and say, oh. These are, man, the strawberry is so good. Amen? That buttercream icing is great. Drop that off my face. It is so good. And then, I mean, in the, the icing. <laughs> man, this one here is vanilla. Oh, this is good, huh? Really sweet. See? I really think it's one of that. I, I can do this all day, but listen. Come here, Dave Owen. Come here, Randy. Dave Owen, come here. Come here. Both y'all come here. I'm going to give y'all a treat. You know, Dave Owen. Come here, Randy. Now, listen. I didn't look at it. They all just hold him a minute. Man, I got this on my fingers. I ain't going to be a preacher. Man, that's good stuff. But I can tell them how good that is. That muffin is so great. It's so sweet. It's so vanilla. The buttercream on top is so smooth and sweet. I can tell them time and time again, but they're never going to really know the God that died on the cross for them until they taste and see that the Lord is good. I can preach on taking our praise to another level and clearing out a spot. And you've got to seek God with all of your heart. But until we actually take a bite of that dude. Yeah. Tell me what it's like. Is that not good? Is it what I told you? Sweet and strawberry. It's a lot better tasting than it is listening to me, isn't it? Man, isn't that good? Oh, yeah. Man, look at that. Bigger looking good, boy. And, and, and I, if I could just, every time I'm preaching, let you know we got a finger looking good God. Man, he's good, amen? Taste and see that God is good. Quit taking the preacher's word for it, your Sunday school teacher, the church, people around you. If you want God to supersize your faith this morning, you're going to have to go to God and say, Hey, I'm tired of smelling you, God. I'm tired of knowing you're good. I kind of know that you're, you're omniscient, you're omnipresent, you're all-powerful, all-knowing. I, I, Lord, you're sovereign, God. Lord, I, I know all that. I want to taste and see if you're good. Then you're going to have to get up and clear out a spot and go to the throne of Jesus and quit getting Bible knowledge about it. Quit listening to your Sunday school teacher and, and living off your parents' faith. Get your own faith this morning and say, as for me and my house, I want to know God. 
I want to know him like I've never known him before. I'm tired of being told what God can do. I need to experience him. So when God gives you a word this morning, don't just go off and cancel nonchalant. Find out the rest of you. You need to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Amen. Where are you at this morning? Taste. He's <laughs> good. Taste and see that the Lord is good this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, as we come into your presence, I pray that, Lord, this was a sermon for everybody sitting here. But, Lord, I pray before we leave here today that this sermon has their name on it. That you're burning a word. And, Lord, this is why you're moving in our church. You are transforming our church body. You're transforming our worship. You're, you're, you're creating more leaders in our church. Lord, the atmosphere of worship in here is it, fantastic. But Lord, it's because people are doing more than just hearing about a sermon. They're needing the Word of God. They're not coming to church to hear about God. They're coming to church to get a Word from God. And that's a big difference. And Lord, I pray today that your spirit will move in this place. Lord, you probably don't, you've already been speaking to people in this church for weeks. Lord, let them not take their feelings. Don't allow their feelings to drag them out of church and not step it out on faith and move them closer to you this morning. But, Lord, let them scoop up their feelings this morning and walk to the throne room with you. And let them taste and see that the Lord is here. And He's a loving God. He's a joyful God. He's a patient God. But He's a holy God. But Lord, let us experience that and not be fear about it. Lord, have your way in this service. There may be some this morning that need to make a decision for you. There may be some here that need to be saved. Never accept them as they've heard a lot about God, but they've never really tasted the seed that He's good. And how you taste Him is you inviting Him to your heart to be your personal Savior. If you're a sinner and you Lord, I need your blood to cover me. There's some here that maybe need to be baptized. There's some that maybe the God's calling to join this church body, join the work here that God's doing. Maybe it's some of us that are here that have just, even though we're sitting in the seat, we let our feelings drag us away from the presence of God. We start seeing ourselves being hit and miss. Not just on church attendance, but hit and miss in our own prayer life, our own Bible study, our own personal time with God. We just kind of hit and miss. And we wonder, what, why, why am I getting beat up and life is so hard? Life always going to be tough because we live in a sin-sick world, but where sin abounds, I love this, grace abounds so much more. Come this morning and take the seed of Lord to you. What does God put the word in your spirit about this morning? What did you lay on your heart to do? Are you tired of wrestling with God? Fighting over God's things? Turn loose and let go and let God You'll be amazed how free you will be. Lord, have your way in this And all God's people Amen. Let's see quietly this morning that the altars are open. Jesus gives the invitation here.